Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Self-Help Witch. I'm Dana, I'm your host, I'm an astrologer and teacher, and today we are digging into the astrology of 2023 for January. Not the whole year, just January. There's a lot to unpack with just January, trust me. And today, I'm very excited about this episode because my friend Lynette from Cosmic Moves is joining us to explore what's happening in the sky this month. So Lynette and I have kind of joined forces for both of our podcasts, which I'll talk about hers in a moment, to bring you a diversified conversation around the most important astrological happenings for the month ahead. So you can expect, at least for the next several months, we're going to keep it going, I think. At the beginning of the month, you'll get a new month ahead episode on Self-Help Witch, as well as Lynette's podcast, It's Astrological, where we cover the major astrological moments for that month. And I think it's really nice because, you know, we have different perspectives, she and I. So you'll get to hear not just our take on the astrology, but how it's shown up for us personally. And I think that's a really useful way for getting uh, a deeper insight on the astrology in general and the planets and how they work. So I'm very excited for you to hear it. Lynette is brilliant. She's a translator by trade. That's her like actual job. (laughs) She translates things, which I think is so cool. And you have to be really smart for that, right? Plus, astrology is a sort of translation process in and of itself. So she was born to do astrology, in my opinion. And she's been doing it for a long time. She studies with Rick Levine. And she, I mean, I'm literally just bragging about her right now. But she's very smart and knows a lot about astrology. So I think we're all going to benefit from this conversation, myself included. Now, if you want to follow Lynette, and you should, uh, she's on Instagram at cosmic.moves. Her website is CosmicMoves.com, and her podcast, as I said, is It's Astrological. Now, Lynette and I used my 2023 Cosmic Witch Astrology Almanac to plan for this and our future episodes. I want to show you that right now if you're watching this on YouTube, and if you're listening, then you can just listen along, but let's take a look at it. So here we are in the Cosmic Witch 2023 Astrology Almanac. It's got three different sections. I'm going to scroll down and show you the most important section, which is the 2023 astrology events. So it's organized in 19 different views. You can look at a straight up calendar if you'd like, a table of all the transits, the months, which are organized by week. And then when I click on more, you'll see you also have separate groupings by lunar events, retrograde stations, and directs, ingresses, which is when a planet moves into a new sign, the eclipses, and then the zodiac seasons as well. So you've got lots and lots of different ways you can view the information. And when you click on any transit in particular, you're going to get the date. I've got it so that you can automatically format it to your time zone in the Notion document. So you know the exact time where you are in the world. And then you've also got the actual position of the planet. So where it is in the sky, for example, Mars will station direct January 12th at 8 degrees, 7 minutes, Gemini. So that's pretty cool. There's a lot of information here. And then when we move up to the zodiac season reference and forecasts, 
when you click on a particular zodiac season, you're going to see not just a overview of the energy and the archetype of that zodiac season, but you'll also see a really detailed forecast in the transits for that particular zodiacal season as well. So if you like to plan by the zodiac seasons rather than, you know, the Gregorian calendar, like months or years, this is perfect for you because you could easily just type in your goals and things like that at the bottom and see everything you need to see up here for the zodiac season. The last thing is there's a built-in wellness journal in this almanac that will link to the other data in this template. So what I mean by that is you could do your daily and weekly intention and reflection here in this wellness journal, and then you can link it to the transits in the transit data table. So if I know like on January 1st, Venus conjunct Pluto happened and maybe something showed up for me that was relevant to that transit, I could type in Venus conjunct Pluto, find it right there. And then I can link this particular entry in my wellness journal to that transit. And if I don't remember what happened on that day, like let's say I'm doing this at the end of the week and I'm like, okay, January 1st, something happened, but what was going on astrologically that day? I've got the calendar linked right here. There's also some other cool templates in this wellness journal. So aside from the daily and weekly intention and reflection, which we just looked at, you've also got a zodiac season intention and reflection template transit tracking, intention and reflection, and a lunar cycle intention and reflection. So there's a lot to play with, a lot of great stuff here. And really the intention of this is to help you go beyond just knowing what's happening in the sky and actually make sense of it. This is how you deepen your astrology practice and actually get to know what the planets are doing in your chart. So I highly recommend if one of your goals for the year is to not just have a deeper practice of self-awareness, but a deeper astrological practice, this tool will absolutely help you with that. If you would like to purchase the Astrology Almanac, I've got that link for you in the show notes. You can learn more about it. By the way, if you're not a Notion user, I do have this available in Canva. It's not as, you know, interactive as Notion is, but it does have all of the same information. And it does also have journal templates, so you can still get the same experience just with a different kind of modality. Now, without any further ado, let's get into the conversation with Lynette about the astrology for January 2023. All right, everyone. I am Dana with Self Help Witch. And I'm Lynette from Cosmic Moves Astrology. And we are here doing a little team effort to bring you the key energies astrologically for January of 2023. Yeah. And I think I'm the one who proposed it because I don't like doing horoscopes. <laughs> <laughs> and my sweet Dana here put in so much work with her 2023 Astro Planner, which you can buy from her website, that I was like, hey, can I hop on your gravy train and <laughs> just do a podcast with you so I don't have to do horoscopes in my newsletter? But I'm just super excited because I think that it's fun to talk to somebody who knows about astrology, but who you're also friends with. So you can talk about 
real life things that align with astrological energies. Yes. Yeah. You guys listening may not know Lynette and I are astro pals. We talk like every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And we we text a lot in between. That's true. Like we're like actually (laughs) friends. So, but we both obviously practice astrology too. So I think it's going to be useful for everybody, but also fun too. Should we dive into what's going on in January? Yes. Yeah. We got kind of a theme going. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. I think in general, when I look at a month ahead, the things that stick out to me are retrogrades or when planets are stationing direct and when planets are changing signs. I think those two areas are things that we collectively feel a shift in the energy. And then even more so, if you know where those are happening in your chart, that just gives you more information. But when you know when we're going to have these kind of bigger energetic shifts, it just allows you to understand why the world feels the way it does around those days. 100%. And I think when you're trying to get a feel for the month ahead, that's those are really good like anchor points because there's so much happening all the time it's easy to get lost unless you're looking at the transits with your actual birth chart it's probably best to just focus on the ingresses the lunar cycle and then as you said you know stationing direct or retrograde those those kinds of things yeah and i think you know we've talked about this not on this four minutes of this podcast, but I personally have been really struggling with keeping up with astrology. And, you know, as an astrologer, that has like been an identity crisis for me. So I'm with everyone who either is just learning or who also has kind of fallen off tracking what's going on in the stars and all of that stuff where it's like, okay, where can I kind of jump back in without it being a big deal or stressful or overwhelming or any of that stuff. And like you said, these are anger points. Like these are the big shifts that will impact everybody to differing degrees. And I can keep track of five days in a month. Like (laughs) I can work with that. (laughs) Right. Yeah, we've got, it's an interesting month, I think, because there's three planets stationing direct. Mm Mm-hmm. You can tell we're leaving retrograde season. That's what that tells me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not mad about it. It's a nice time, you know, at the beginning of January. And we're going to probably publish this right at the beginning of January. So if you already, like, set your New Year's resolutions, your intentions, you know, you might change your mind. (laughs) And that's okay. Like, it's okay to change your mind. It's kind of we're still in flux here at the beginning of the month as things start to station direct. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's a big social, I won't call it a pressure, but like social event, collective idea that we have to start the new year on January 1st, which is really kind of arbitrary if you're talking about the Gregorian calendar and all of that stuff. I am a firm believer that my personal new year, which starts on my birthday, is more impactful for me just from an astrological perspective and how I feel about it. But I think... There is something to the fact that we move from Sagittarius season, which is, you know, up until about Christmas, but like that whole time when people are putting up Christmas lights and thinking about parties and 
the optimism of a new year starting and wrapping up the year. And then you move into Capricorn season, which is very much around setting goals and figuring out what mountain you want to climb and, you know, all of that stuff. But then we move into Aquarius season at the end of January, which I think allows you to get a bit of perspective, right? It it lifts you up to that 30,000 foot view and Aquarius is the observer of the Zodiac. So even if you do align with the January 1st goal setting and all that stuff, entering into Aquarius season is almost a second chance to be like, hold on, let me like take a step back. Did I set goals the way that I wanted to? Do I want to revise them? Like all of that stuff. And so it may kind of take a little bit of that pressure off. Totally. Yeah, I love that. And starting with your birthday as like your personal new year. And then I know you also treat the equinox like a lot of us in this space do like a new year as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, go ahead and set your intentions if you want on January 1st and then let it be OK if they change and let it be OK if new stuff comes up that makes you want to recalibrate as we move through Aquarius season and into the equinox. We have all the chances in the world. Like there is no, nobody is telling you, you have to make your goals on January 1st and keep them all year. Because I think we all know that those goals usually don't stick according to data or whoever decides that. Um, according to data and every <laughs> and, uh, New Year's resolution I've ever had in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so give yourself grace. The cosmos are aligning with you, becoming the best version of you all the way throughout the year. It's not a a one and done kind of thing. Love it. So what's on the docket? What are we tracking in January? Okay. So we have three planets stationing direct, Mercury, Mars, and Uranus. Mercury and Mars are what we call personal planets because they impact us more in our personal charts when they station retrograde or direct then uranus is an outer planet which doesn't impact us as (laughs) directly while it's retrograde but we may feel it more personally around the time that it stations or around that stations retrograde or direct is mercury retrograde right now because i cannot get my words (laughs) out (laughs) it will be when we publish but yes (laughs) so we have that and then we have the sun will be in Capricorn and then it'll move into Aquarius at the end of January and then Venus is just zipping along because she is moving into Aquarius and Pisces all within the month of January yeah it's a lot of movement a lot of shifting I guess that's all I had to say about that (laughs) great moving on (laughs) it's a lot of shifting the end yes goodbye everybody thank you for listening (laughs) okay well why don't we start with yeah, let's start with Mercury. Okay. Because I feel like everyone knows about Mercury slash worries about it being retrograde. <laughs> yes. You will be in prime, like, Mercury retrograde freakout, I think, when this gets published. Yes. Don't listen to the hype, guys. I love Mercury retrogrades. And maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's just a personal thing. I know that things can get bamboozled and weird, but... <laughs> They ultimately are really helpful. It's just like any other, I don't know, mishap or confusion. 
those things need to come up so that you can figure something out. So don't be afraid of it. Just let it happen. It's going to happen, like regardless of if you're scared of it or not. But you might as well just be open to it and see what you can uncover that you wouldn't have noticed before, you know? Yeah, Rick Levine says this. But they're a chance for us to get things right. Any retrograde. Because a retrograde is is crossing the same part of the sky and or your chart three times. So the first time that it goes across it before it stations, it's giving you clues as to what's going to come up during that time so that you know what you're going to be working on. When it stations and starts to move backward, that's your time to be like, okay, what came up for me during this time that it was coming up to the spot and what issues am I having? What challenges am I facing? What do I want to work on in my internal world? Because it's a time to turn inward and think about things, especially with Mercury. And then when it stations direct, it crosses that part of the sky for a third time before it clears its shadow, which is the time where, okay, planet's moving forward. It's picking up speed. So are you. You are figuring out what did you learn? What do you want to implement from the things that you planned or thought of during that time? So it's not scary. <laughs> right. It's only scary if you're afraid to do the work or like it's it's bringing right. some shadow stuff up for you, which 100% understand. I also do not enjoy those things, but it's a real opportunity. So I'll get off my soapbox now. That was great. I love it. And helpful too, because it gives people some touch points. So here are the key dates for our Mercury retrograde that we're going to start the new year with. The pre-retrograde shadow begins December 12th, 2022. And then Mercury stations retrograde December 29th, 2022. It will station direct January 18th, 2023. And then it will clear its post-retrograde shadow on February 7th. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> that being said, though, I think it's important to call out. I have natal Mercury retrograde as do about one third of everybody on the planet because Mercury is usually retrograde about a third of the time. So yet another reason to not be afraid because a third of the population was born when Mercury was retrograde and we are all yeah. doing fine. So, yeah. you know, just another consideration. It happened four times in 2022 because of December 29th. So. <laughs> wow, rude. <laughs> so what do you want to call out about this Mercury retrograde, Luna? Well, when Mercury stations direct it will be in a really favorable conversation with the north node the north node is a point in the sky that is associated with fate and destiny and the lessons that we're meant to learn in this lifetime so when we're talking about mercury being trine that north node on the 18th because mercury will be stationing he'll be moving pretty slowly he'll be stopped so that whole day is a really interesting vibe with your communication your thoughts your connections to find flow with either something that feels faded f-a-t-e-d where it's very much a day where like if you get a download to do something like follow it like if you get a ping follow it listen to your gut and then the other thing when the nodes are involved is you will always have a choice because there's a north node and a south node and we always have a choice to decide are we going to 
stretch ourselves and go toward what we're meant to be learning or do we want to stay in our comfort zone and be cozy? Both of them are okay. One is not better than the other. But that day is a marker for everyone to listen to your intuition and then be very intentional about the choices that you're making. A hundred percent. Especially with Mercury stationing direct, that's really emphasizing everything you just said. So it's a great time, too, to reflect back on those touchpoint dates we mentioned earlier and just kind of see what what insight you can weave together because that's probably going to be coming up again and it's probably going to be pretty obvious. January well, 18th. You have from the 18th to the 7th as that integration period. So that trying to the North Node is saying like, hey, the universe is speaking to you today. You have the free will to make choices. How are you going to implement everything that you learned from the 29th to the 18th before the 7th comes around? And like you fully have the universe's support. It's a real astrological like boost to that. Now there is another key date within this Mercury retrograde that it happens in every Mercury retrograde and it's the Kazemi. So I want to talk about that because first of all, it's just like a key moment in the cycle, but also this one's kind of interesting because it happens just a day later, like even less than 24 hours after the full moon in Cancer. So first of all, a Kazemi is the moment in the Mercury retrograde cycle where Mercury is in the heart of the sun. It's conjunct the sun and what is happening is it's getting like a solar infusion and if we think about the symbolism of the sun and Mercury, Mercury being your intellect, your communications, your analytical prowess, your sense of humor, even and analytical the sun being... prowess. Wow, you like that? You that like just that? flowed right out. <laughs> I like words. Uh, you know, of course you do. Uh, that was just beautiful. I couldn't let that one just slip by. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, so it's all those things. And then the sun being like our core ambitions, our spirit. So it's just really helping us become revitalized. It's a turning point in the cycle as a whole. And I think it's really interesting that it happens so close to that new, or I'm sorry, that full moon in Cancer. Because that's a really nice full moon. Anytime the moon's in Cancer, we're talking about comfort. We're talking about stability. We're talking about coziness. Thank, yeah. I don't know if we'll, either of us will publish the video of this, but I'm doing this weird hand <laughs> gesture of like, I'm thinking about like togetherness and like being with your people, even though that seems more like a Venus thing. When I think about the moon in Cancer, I do think about family and like your people, like being around your people, you know? Yep. So there's something culminating around this time due to the full moon, but also due to the Kazemi. There's something that's really coming to a head regarding the cancer capricorn axis and all of your mercurial things so that's the day to pay attention to that was january 6th is the full moon and january 7th is the kazemi love that when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply so 
we've covered pretty much the whole month of January for Mercury. <laughs> That's good. And then we have, let's see. Do you want to talk about the next the next station or yeah let's talk okay. about mars okay i was avoiding it but go ahead <laughs> let's talk about mars <laughs> so mars is stationing direct on january 12th man that like middle of january is really popping it really is yeah yes. there's, there's a lot happening here and you guys have probably heard all about mars retrograde because it's been it feels like it's been an eternity that mars has been in gemini since august the end of august i want to say the 22nd or 24th or something like that it's been retrograde since the end of october and it's finally stationing direct on january 12th but it doesn't clear its shadow until march 15th <laughs> thank you yeah so. so we're still gonna be in the in the mix of the well, we can talk about it. So this transit we've actually lived through, as opposed to the Mercury retrograde, because we're recording this ahead of time, obviously, but, but it, we've lived through most of it at this point. And I think both Linda and I have some things to say about <laughs> Mars retrograde. Well, and I think Mars retrograde happens every two years, two and a half years. Is that Sounds right? Sounds right. Ish. Sounds right. So... It's something that we don't live with three times a year like Mercury because Mars moves slower than Mercury. And I think the other part of it is that Mars is the planet of action. Mars is the god of war. Mars does not want to slow down. So <laughs> I think more than any other planet, when Mars moves backward, there's maybe more resistance in that energy to, to fight it, right? Because Mars is like, no, 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 no. I don't want to slow down keep my foot on the gas. And then there's just something like holding it back. And so I think for me, I was very optimistic about this because I have many retrograde planets. I like when things slow down. I like living in my inner world. And this particular Mars retrograde was crossing directly over my midheaven three times, like we talked about what a retrograde does. And Dana and I were talking like maybe a month ago and I was like, you know what? This is going to be so good for me. This is going to be so good for my business. I'm going to just like really think about what I want and like, you know, just take action on it slowly. And I had all these dreams of how great it was going to be. But you know what Mars did? Mars retrograde completely shut me down. <laughs> I have, like I said at the beginning, I have not been paying attention to astrology. I have just, I mean, I've, I'm frozen. Like I have, everything has just grinded to a halt, which is fine. Like we have to, speaking of aligning with the energies, right? Like that's what's happening. I'm not going to fight against it. Like Mars might be when he's in retrograde. My mercurial mind might be like, no, you have to keep doing things. But when the universe invites me to pause and to reflect... I'm going to do it. And so there's a tension for me between the push and pull and the go and the type A and, you know, all of the things that we deal with in the 3D world. But it, it has not turned out as peacefully and inspirationally as I thought it was going to. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm right there with you. I was also optimistic because I have natal Mars in Gemini I have my moon and Jupiter in Gemini too. And I just thought this is going to be great for my long-term plans because Gemini is in my ninth house. 
I'm going to really figure some things out and like go for it. I don't know why I thought that because again, <laughs> we're talking about a retrograde, but I just thought it was going to help me maybe clarify some things. Yes. Um, it, what happened? It, it, it was like, uh, I will say like overall it's been a very confusing time. And I think that I fought the rest that it was trying to facilitate. So I made the choice to participate in this like Black Friday sale extravaganza. And it was great. I'm glad I did it. But it was like pushing against the grain the whole time as far as my energy goes. And I ended up getting COVID. Now, I don't think I got COVID because I was working hard. But I was like pulling, you know, I was working all weekend and then going to work five days a week. And it was too much. And I think my body got run down. And I'm still like... I tested positive for COVID the week after Thanksgiving and I'm still congested. It's December 23rd. The good news is by March 15th, you should be fine. (laughs) I'll be able to breathe out of my nose by then. Oh my God. I hope. Yeah. So I think that I, I didn't consider what Mars retrograde really wanted for me, which was really to just like lay off and rest and let things kind of unfold. So I think that might be my Mars retrograde lesson is like really allow yourself to clear your, your schedule. Like don't push because if you do, and I'm sure it didn't help that Mars is squaring my Pisces stellium in my sixth house of health. Like that has something to do with this. I'm sure. But if you push, it might not go well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think with the station on January 12th, that's the time for you to to kind of maybe counterintuitively apply the lessons that you've learned. And, you know, we still have that whole period until the 15th. So as your astrologer, I would recommend <laughs> focusing on rest after that time. Yes, I think I probably won't have a choice. For those of I you know. who don't know, I'm about <laughs> to have a baby at the beginning of February. So <laughs> I will be resting even if I don't want to. Forced rest. That's another lesson yeah. of not listening to Mars retrograde. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll we'll be glad when we get past that. And and really, too, when I, that's another reason to not pr- like push on your New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. Like, give yourself a week to ease into it. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think New Year's resolutions are kind of silly. So take that. Yeah with a grain of salt for everybody listening. If you are a new year's resolution person, so proud of you. You are probably a Capricorn. (laughs) Lynette (laughs) thinks your resolutions are stupid. I don't think your resolutions are stupid. (laughs) I just think that like we change so much in a year and like to think that something you decide on day one of a 365 day period is going to reflect the person that you evolve into over the course of a whole year is like, it doesn't give you any flexibility. That's all I'm saying. Yes. And then you set yourself up for feeling bad about yourself when it, like, yes. you shouldn't. You know, my friend Allison did something really cool one year where she, and you could adapt this to be, like, every zodiacal season instead of every month. Mm-hmm. But each month, she did something new. Like, she had a, a thing that she would try. And I, I loved that because it wasn't this thing where if you don't do it, you fail. It's Mm -hmm. like, this is something that's flexible and will benefit me no matter what. And it can be silly. It could be like, go, well, 
go to a park isn't silly, but it could be silly, right? Like some it could people be may never have been to a park or that specific Maybe. park. Right. Right. So, but I think that that would be a cool thing to do. Like if you really want to set an intention, yeah, make it flexible, make it flexible. I would also say if you're like aligning with new things, maybe try to align it with your North node and like energies around your North node, because that's all about going out of your comfort zone, trying new things. Yeah. If your North node's in Taurus, you should go to the park. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yes. <laughs> what do you think? Should we talk about Uranus? Yes. Let us, let us wrap up with Uranus. <laughs> okay. So Uranus stationed retrograde on August 24th. Does everybody remember the summer? I do. I miss it. It's so <laughs> cold. <laughs> it's the wind chill is like negative 30 today. Yeah, that was us yesterday. But the, we're releasing this in the future. So who knows what the temperature will be on the day this comes out. And it stations direct on January 15th. Again, that middle of January is really hopping. And then because Uranus moves so slowly, it doesn't clear its shadow until May 9th. So here's where I think it's important to talk about the difference between the inner planets or the personal planets and the outer planets. Because these inner planets, as you literally just heard with Mars, affect us more on a personal level, like in our charts. You heard Dana and I both talk about where it was and what it was crossing and all of that stuff. Really anything beyond Jupiter and Saturn, because those are often called transpersonal planets because they can kind of go either way. So Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and if you're into it, some of the asteroids or planetoids or whatever we're calling them these days. But we don't necessarily feel the impact of their retrogrades personally because they move so slowly. So they're retrograde for like half the year or like five months or four months and it's just like a really long time but what we do feel is because they are heftier in terms of the energetic weight is when they slow down and stop whether they're stopping to move backwards or forwards so around that date of january 15th just pay attention to what's going on maybe five days before five days after i know it's particularly uncanny like when pluto stations there's more like volcanoes and earthquakes and things like that. I'm not sure what the alignment is with Uranus, but I can imagine it has to do with electricity and surprises and just unexpected things. So, mm -hmm. and that would be on a collective level. If it's impacting you directly in a point in your chart that's talking to other planets, you can expect that too. But I think in general, when we're talking about these outer planets, it's more about the slowing down and stopping than it is the actual retrograde. I have January 22nd as when Uranus is stationing. Oh, I said the wrong day. You're right. That's okay. That's okay. So station retrograde August 24th, stations direct January 22nd, clears the shadow May 9th. Got it. And like you said, we're probably, unless it's aspecting something in your chart, you're probably really not going to notice it personally, but in the news, or something like that, you might. Now, I'm going to be paying attention to this one because Uranus will be at 14 degrees, 56 minutes, and it will oppose my Pluto as oh. it stations. Pluto, for me, is at 14.59. So within oh. three minutes of my Pluto, it will be stationing direct. 
So I'll keep you all posted on that. We'll see what happens. Huh. That mm. is exciting. Is it? I mean, well, here's the thing. This is what I was going to say before I realized that that was happening. I was very worried about Uranus opposite my Pluto. Mm -hmm. I knew it was coming. And as we keep saying, it's three times, right? So this is the third and final time. And I really haven't noticed it that much at all. Like I was worried I was going to be in financial ruin or like, <laughs> I was just like, am I going to lose my all job? What's possibilities go through your head. <laughs> I am, I don't know about you, but I immediately go to the worst case, especially when Pluto's involved. I'm like, all right, like batten, battle down the hatches. I don't know what that <laughs> phrase is, but batten, um, batten down, batten, but that, okay. Yeah. I've batten is not a word I've ever used. <laughs> well, I think it's like a boat word. So it's like, hold on. I'm going to look. It's the boat word. Well, it's like when you watch below deck and you're like, oh, see the bow yard line to do or what. <laughs> <laughs> you just like learn boat words it is batten down the hatches to prepare for okay. trouble okay welcome well, to your see. google for the day <laughs> <laughs> now we know batten down the hatches that's what i felt like i had to do with this transit and i it's been more so about so i'll just tell everybody like this is happening for me on my second and eighth house axis and that's why i was worried about debt and money with this transit but i will say like I have taken on more debt, but I've also made more money. And it's been more so about the what's come up with Pluto around what I think about money and also like karmic obligations. Like what I, because when I think about the eighth house, like, you know, taxes and like actual, like physical debt is what comes to mind, but it is totally your karmic debt too, like who you feel indebted to. And I have really been working through that a lot. Like, what do I owe people and what do I not owe people? So it's been more about boundaries and things like that. So I just want to say for anybody else who's got like a personal planet or not a personal planet, but a, something in your birth chart that's aspecting Uranus here. Again, don't be afraid. It's it's all for you. Yeah, I I think that's the danger of just knowing enough astrology to get yourself into trouble. And I'm not saying that's you because you obviously know a lot, but <laughs> like for people who are just learning and like anything that has to do with Pluto, especially like, it's like, ah, terrifying. Right. And so I think what you said, it's, it's happening for you. Like Pluto is the planet of transformation and it's not always a bad thing. And I think we have to remember that we always have a choice with how we're going to work with these aspects. Astrology is the gift that helps us know that we're going to have these energies in play, right? So having a roadmap to be like, hey, you might be having some stuff going on <laughs> in your right. houses of money and debt, like probably helped you to, you know, I know we all go through the worst case scenarios and all of that stuff, but at least you were prepared to batten down the hatches, which you ultimately didn't need to do. Right. Right. And more so it was like, there were things like, for instance, my husband sleeps like shit. And as I've been pregnant, I've been snoring a lot and neither of us have been sleep sleeping mm -hmm. very well. Uh, so we decided to buy a sleep number bed. Well, those things are very expensive. And so anyway, we financed it and I'm like, okay, Pluto Uranus, like I, it just... I still did it. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I didn't like change the way I lived my life because of it necessarily in that moment. I was yeah. just like, well, this makes sense. Like, yeah. and it was worth it to me. You know what I mean? 
Are you sleeping better? I Between the sleep number and the pregnancy pillow, I like go to a different dimension when I sleep. It's amazing. <laughs> Highly recommend. But you were, it was a surprise that you guys weren't sleeping well. That's true. That is true. And I think, you know, to, to your point about it being more on a collective level, these uh, outer planets, there have been some things with Uranus and Taurus that have been coming up with this retrograde. And the two that came to mind for me were like, and I don't know a ton about Bitcoin, but the value of Bitcoin has plummeted in NFTs and things like this, right? Like there's been a huge change in the value of these things. And something else that came to mind that I'm definitely like more invested in because it affects me is the student loan forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in, at the end of August, I want to say we got another extension And I believe that was also around the time when they announced they were going to forgive 10 or 20 K depending on your situation. And of course, if you've been following this, you know that now it's in litigation. They're trying, it's going to the Supreme court and they're supposed to hear it in February. So I'm hopeful with Uranus being direct, you know, and perhaps that will be a freedom in the realm of money for a lot of people like that would be amazing i selfishly really want that to happen they could just keep extending it that would be great honestly like that's been the for people who are in public service loan forgiveness that work for a government agency like me it's been the best because all of these delayed payments have counted towards my 10 years so like yeah just keep extending it it's fine with me but also like you can't forgive working class people 10 or 20k and like i don't know it blows my mind but i won't go there so uranus is making moves very slowly (laughs) we'll see what happens with everyone's student loans and keep an eye out for the time around january 22nd yeah is there anything else lynette we were gonna talk about the ingresses venus yeah 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 do you want to take it sure yeah i'll take it take Uh, it i'll take it so we have venus entering aquarius on january 2nd and then venus will enter pisces which is the sign of her exaltation on january 26th so she's gonna zip right through aquarius and from a dignity standpoint venus is neutral in Aquarius it's Saturn sign and Saturn is in Aquarius right now and will be at that time so you know it's an austere kind of maybe serious Venus like I take my beauty seriously it feels like a good moment for I we keep talking about New Year's resolutions but like (laughs) if you've got some kind of like aesthetic resolution of any kind not just like your physical appearance but like your house like if you want to set up any kind of foundation for like a wellness routine or a beauty routine like it could be a great time for that as well as something for your relationships right like getting serious in your relationships they also think again going back to the theme of like reviewing your new year's resolutions aquarius gives you that distance so like to your point about if you want to make a change in your home or your routine or anything like Venus in Aquarius is a really good time to to take your step back and see like what needs to be changed and look at it from like a 
impartial observer kind of perspective. Yes. That's the beauty of Saturn to me. You know, it, it's um, maligned. Like everybody like is afraid of Saturn, kind of like Pluto, but there's some, you can be more objective mm -hmm. in a Saturn ruled sign, I think. And just really quickly for anyone who doesn't understand, will you explain why you're talking about Saturn? Yes. When we're talking and about Venus. I, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, so in different, depending on like, your school of thought with astrology you, we might differ on this and that's okay essentially every sign every zodiacal sign is ruled by a planet and in traditional astrology for aquarius that planet is saturn saturn rules capricorn and aquarius in modern astrology you'll hear people say uranus rules aquarius and again my thought is astrology is divination and what that means is like the way you do it is going to work if you have a relationship with the planets. So Lynette might say Uranus rules Aquarius. I might say Saturn. We can both get to the same conclusion because we have, that's the relationship we have with the planets. So we're talking about Saturn or I'm talking about Saturn because we're in Aquarius, which is one of Saturn's home signs, the way I practice and Saturn's in Aquarius. So Venus is going to conjoin Saturn on January 22nd, actually, the same day that Uranus <laughs> stationed Strat. What an interesting pair. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be really... I'm so maybe Uranus will tie in a little bit more. Like, I, I tend to fall back to traditional rulerships, but, like, if it's conjunct or what was it to Uranus? If Uranus is in play, like, very closely, that has... That's going to be something. <laughs> yeah, it's... So it's a whole sign square. Oh, okay. But we'll yeah we'll see we'll see so anyway don't get too hung up on saturn's if that's confusing don't worry about it i think it's helpful to think about the planet that's ruling that sign because it gives you more of an idea of the flavor of that transit mm -hmm. i agree thank you for explaining that hey anytime okay. venus and pisces i'm this is my natal venus placement so i love it love it but also it's the sign of venus's exaltation which means that venus is like celebrated here it's a place where venus does really well and if we think about why that is venus is all about harmony and relating and pisces being mutable water is very conducive to that <laughs> it's easy to get along when we're in pisces and when venus is in pisces in particular and I feel like exaltation is like, so there's domicile and then there's exaltation. And I feel like exaltation is like when you're the guest at a party that someone's hosting for you, like everyone's just really excited to see you. <laughs> so I think yes. that's the vibe, especially for Venus, right? Who loves to be fond over. <laughs> totally. That, that's, I think it's a chance for us all to fawn over ourselves and to fawn over other people and just like spread the good vibes. I love that. See yeah. someone walking like, in the parking lot who looks nice, compliment them on their outfit or whatever. Cat call them. Sure. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. <laughs> I wish I could do that whistle. Uh, my mom can. I can't. I can't either. But if you when can, you know, maybe you'll want to and be... <laughs> Venus and Pisces. Yeah, get everyone's attention and then be like, you are all amazing. <laughs> You've got this. Keep up the good work. Yeah. <laughs> but that honestly is probably like the underlying energy of the whole 
transit of Venus being in Pisces. So yeah. live it up, embrace it. How long is Venus in Pisces? Because is she? That's what I was just wondering. February 20th. Man, Dang, she is it's flying. It's quick. And yeah, when Venus enters Aries, that's a very different energy. So we'll talk about that next month. <laughs> right. That's right. All right. Did we cover everything? Gosh, I think we did. We really like covered the whole month, I think. I know. And again, we did not cover everything because there are literally hundreds of transits every month. And that's not what we're doing here. Yeah, we're not about information overload, info dumping, like get in, get out with the key points. And and we did cover like a lot of information, actually. But I would say if you want like a spark notes kind of summary for the end, it's we've got three station directs with Mercury, Mars and Uranus. And then Venus is ingressing into both Aquarius and Pisces. So with each of those retrogrades and stationing directs, there's some stuff to review and some key dates. And we kind of talked about the sun moving into Aquarius. That is on January 20th. So that'll be the beginning of Aquarius season. Again, that's just that energetic shift from achievement-centered Capricorn to maybe a little more detached, checking things out, trying new things in a new way, unique, Aquarius. We love it. Lynette's an Aquarius. I am, I am an Aquarius. Yes. And I'm very excited. Oh, well, I don't really care about Mercury retrogrades as much, but it is clearing its shadow on February 7th, on my birthday. Yes, everyone. Wish Lynette a happy birthday on February 7th. But this is the January forecast. (laughs) I know, but like it's coming. So everybody mark your calendar for February 7th. You can find Lynette at Cosmic Moves on Instagram. There's a dot in there. I tried really hard to get Cosmic Moves, but. (laughs) Okay. At at Cosmic.Moves and then CosmicMoves.com. Yes. Find Dana at Self-Help Witch. No dots. On no Instagram. dots, straight up. <laughs> and also selfhelpwitch.com. Yes, yes. This was fun. It was fun. I, I think we'll do it again for February. Yay! Okay, good. Well, everyone, have a great January. Don't stress about your New Year's resolutions. Unless you're Capricorn, because you're going to do it anyway. Just kidding! I'm stereotyping. But yeah, enjoy the month. Yep, we'll see you next month. Bye. Bye.